Hey everyone, uh, it's Lena here in Chicago, and I've got to laugh. I just did about uh, 10 minutes of podcast and realized that my machine was off, and so we are off to a great start today. I am talking about insecurity, and there's nothing like making you feel insecure, like um, like like figuring out that you can't even run the machine for a podcast. But but I love today's topic, and, and as I finished the 10 minutes of speaking to myself, I realized that I probably needed today's teaching more than anybody else, but, um, but I'm glad I, I did a little run-through. I want to welcome you to this week's podcast, you know, if you've joined us before, you know that every week we just have a conversation about life and faith, and we're in a series now, I've called the One Thing Series, and all I do is share one idea about a topic and then break it down, and, uh, you know, try to be as succinct as possible. Today, the one idea is this, as long as you look sideways, you will always remain insecure. As long as you look sideways, you will always remain insecure. And the timing of this um, conversation today is, is perfect after last week's teaching. Last week we talked about identity, who I am in Christ must be the, the driver of how I treat others. But today it's the other angle. It's as long as you look sideways, you will remain insecure. And so let me give you a, uh, let me find here, okay, my definition of insecurity. I looked it up in the dictionary.com. And a person who is insecure is a person who is subject to fears, doubts, not confident or assured. And we all know people like that. Uh, I don't know if you've looked in the mirror today, but uh, uh, you and I get into that place more often than we like to admit. And so this morning, I dealt with a situation in my life that made me feel insecure. And I find that Satan has an uncanny way of knowing exactly what will cause me to be insecure and I got to be honest with you more and more I think social media is the way because it is our venue to look sideways you don't have to wait till your 20-year class reunion to feel insecure you can be insecure right now this morning by clicking on the computer and seeing what everyone else in the world is doing and typically the area of our insecurity is the area of our passions you know it's I'm not insecure that I can't play tennis well it doesn't matter to me that I can't serve I don't care. You could tell me, you could stand a million people in front of me and be like, they are awesome tennis players. It couldn't, I couldn't care less. I'd be like, congratulations to you. But it is the area of our deep passions. So what is your deep passion? I don't think it takes a genius to know that my passion in life is teaching God's word. So that where Satan will attack me is in the area of ministry. I'm constantly reminded about the success of other people. And, and, and my, in my flesh, I want to look at what they're doing. In, in my humanity, I look at them and go, man, man I'm nothing because I can't achieve the success that they've had. Or, you know, or I can develop a false sense of security where I'm like, man, I must be so great because I I had this success or that success and either extreme is wrong and sinful and so and so in your areas of insecurity it doesn't take much to tip the scales into fear and doubt and 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 questioning god god are, are you good are you really good because why aren't you giving me the success that i deserve why do people hate me and and you start down this bit of self-pity and it is a horrible place to be and and you know you ever thought about what why you're insecure and i started thinking about some of those reasons and i thought it's because of our past. And I was starting, I was going to start by breaking it down. Like, it's our past upbringing, you know, the way that you were brought up. Maybe you were taught that you're of no value unless you bring value to the table. And you're nothing until you, 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 you get that degree or, or, or get married or, you know, whatever it is that your thing is, you know, sell the painting that you've been trying to do or that book that you're trying to write. So get that promotion that you've been going for. And so you feel like you're uh, never going to amount to much because of that voice in your head from your, you know, sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade where you were told that, that you must achieve in order to be successful. Or, But really it's a bigger, not just the past voice in your head, but it's, it's just your past. I find that my biggest insecurities in life stem from my past failures. 
I, I used to think I was something, and then I then I wrote a book and just sold a few thousand copies. You know, I didn't become a New York Times bestseller. And, and, and people might smirk and be like, "What did you think you were going to 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 be a you know New York Times bestselling author?" Honestly, I believe God could do anything. Yeah, I believe God could sell a million copies of my book. So so I walked into it kind of with this big sense of hope and and amazing you know expectation from the Lord. And 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 when people didn't see the value of it, it was easy for me to point fingers at people and be like, "Man, they don't even know how good I am." And and can you believe? this and, and and I developed this sense now of fear and and insecurity and so every time I write something now there's this question in my head is is it worth writing there's people who can write better sell more do more and 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 you might not know that about me I remember people who are close to me understand these these conversations that I've had with myself and and the battle that I've waged and and that the Lord is trying to 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 get me through I think there's some areas of freedom that I need in my life but this podcast isn't to tell you just my story and my soft story and make you buy my book. No, it's, it's to help you understand that you can look at someone and think that they look like they're the most secure person in the world. They look like they have it made. They look so confident. I look confident when you run across me. But deep in my heart is an area of insecurity related to my passions. And as long as my eyes are fixed sideways on what other people are doing and the feedback they're giving me, as long as I'm waiting for their affirmation, I will stay in that pit of insecurity. And I don't know about you. I do not want to stay there. Let me tell you why. Romans chapter 12. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, according each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. In Galatians 6, listen to what he says here. For if anyone thinks he is something, this is Galatians 6 verse 3, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And, and that feeling of, well, they didn't give me my due, is, is the sense of, I think I'm something. And they don't see it, and therefore... Um, I'm deceiving myself because we are nothing apart from the Lord. Have you ever heard of the verse in 1 Corinthians 3? A lot of Paul's reminder to us, if you're dealing with some insecurity this morning, I pray that God will give you some freedom. Paul says in, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 4, he says, uh, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you have received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. We have all we want in Christ. And so, uh, man, this already, these verses, I read them and I'm pumped up. But I want to I wanna just give you a little bit more here um, about insecurities. In case you're in that place today and, and, and you are just, you're trying to hide it. And you're, you're trying to hide it with humor. You're trying to hide it with overcompensating in another, in another area in your life. Maybe you're hiding it by just building a wall around that, that area of insecurity so that no one can touch you there. Uh, let me just tell you, Christ wants to break down that wall. He wants to give you freedom in that area of insecurity. He wants to free you of it. Jesus himself was a man when he lived. He's, of course, he, he's the son of God, but, but he came in humanity in an incarnation. And in John chapter 2, he was doing all kinds of miracles and people were so like salivating, like they wanted to be by Jesus. And you think, I mean, think of it. In our day and age, we'd be like, oh, if, if, if I it went and, you know, if I, let's just say, if I wrote a book and, and 10 million people bought it, I'd feel so hot, right? I'd be like, I am the, I am the, this, I mean, I got something to say, right? Listen to what John tells us about Jesus. This is when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Here's Jesus who had the ability to draw millions of people in crowds and they all wanted to be healed by him. And All he had to do is look at them. He looked at the storm and it stopped. And, and, and so no, you know, people just flocked to him. But instead of believing his own press, so to speak, and listen, if anyone 
had pressed. It's Jesus. It wasn't even about believing his own press. He had pressed. He was all that you might think he is and more. And, um, and yet he didn't trust man. And he didn't cave to feeling so great because people said he was. No, he took security. He took confidence. He took joy in the fact that his father in heaven had accepted him and loved him and, and, and knew him and that he was living exactly the life that God had sent him, that he, that he was here on earth to, to live. I mean, so, so anyway, so, so I think the incarnation is so complicated, but, but and he was a God man, but he was man. But again, all this to say that here is a savior who knew who we were and wouldn't entrust himself to us because he understood how fickle we are. And aren't people fickle, fickle? I mean, you can have a day where you go do something and everybody's high-fiving you and talking about how great you are and, and the very next day the critics are lined up and, and it's awful. And so, and so the problem with other people is that they will um, hurt us inadvertently. They will eventually hurt us sooner or later. Someone you admire will do something, a pastor, a teacher, a mentor, that will just hurt you. And, um, and, and, and I don't even think they mean to. I think that people are usually caught up in their life and things happen. And, and don't take it so personally. But, but, but when you're building your security, when you're looking sideways and you're, you're waiting to feel joy based on what people say about you, then any movement they make is going to hurt you. Uh, people will misunderstand you. But above all, people will um, never live up to your expectation. They will never. And they can't. They can't. Nobody can ever live up to your expectation. Um, the problem with you and me is that we have an inflated view of ourselves and um, sometimes we have a deflated view of ourselves and it takes no, it doesn't take into account the gifts and the, and the person that God has created us to be. And so we walk around kind of feeling less than when God is like, I created you in my image and I've put gifts in you and, and, and it's time for us to understand exactly who we are in Christ. So when it comes to confidence, when it comes to feeling security, when it comes to understanding who we are, we've got to start uh, believing what God says who God says we are. God's point of view is the only point of view that's going to give us the freedom that we need. And so, um, uh, let me see here where I want to go in this outline on my sheet. Uh, I wrote this sentence, I am who God says I am, and I can do what he has planned for me to do. No one can stand in the way, and no one can add to it. See, maybe God doesn't want you to be a New York Times bestselling author. So no amount of affirmation for others are going to get you there. God has a plan. You just do your best. Just do your best, and you, you just leave the rest to God's hands. And again, it sounds like I'm preaching to myself, but I'm just picking on myself and using myself as an example for you. So how can we be confident in the Lord? We have got to go back to His Word. That is why I love God's Word, is because in it is the truth. In it is the Word of God that tells us who He loves us, and He's always for us. He gave His Son for us. He found you of so much value that He sent Jesus, that if nobody else would accept Jesus into their heart, he would have still come on earth to die on the cross for you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. We talked about God's plan for our life on week two of this series. God has a plan to perfect us. And so I find that God will allow these circumstances in our life. If you're like me and you're open to... to I, I have, a, I have a, a stronghold in my life that I have prayed that God will deliver me from, and it is comparing myself to others. I can't help it. And some of that is my upbringing. Some of that is my own competitive nature, my selfish ambitions. And as I've asked the Lord, God, purify me of these things. God, God, put me in a place where I'm secure in you. Not just because other people think I'm all that, but because you love me so deeply and you made me and you are trying to make me more Christ-like. And I want to cooperate with him and yield to him. And so, and so I find that God is 
put extra. The more I prayed that prayer, the more I, when I prayed, God, free me of jealousy, free me of comparing myself to others, free me of envy. I found that God has put me in situations where the, there's two or three or four people that always seem to be a step ahead of me and uh, and who I, I yearn for their affirmation and they don't give it to me. And I find that in those moments when I pray hard and I ask God, make me what you want me to be. I can almost guarantee you the next second I'm going to look on the computer and I'm find some form of a situation where they're doing something better than I am. And, 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 and I used to miss it. I used to feel like, geez, Louise, I can't believe this is happening again. And, and, and I'm maturing. And now I'm understanding that God is trying to free me of the stronghold. And the way to do it is to get us in situations where, where we practice those things that we believe. So as I read those verses that I read you in Romans and in, and in Galatians 6 and in John, and I study who Jesus is and what he wants for our life, and now, when I face those situations, I've got to grow up, and I've got to discern wisdom in my life. And I've got to understand that as long as I look sideways, I will remain insecure. But the minute my eyes are fixed on the Lord and what He says about me, I'm able to be free. Um, so I remind myself. So I start preaching to myself, and I remind myself, God, it's not that they accept me, but it's you've accepted me. God, yes, I want them to help me open up a way in ministry, but God, I don't need them. I need you. And I review those things in my life, and then I try to love them and pray, God, give them more success. God, give them more open doors. God, use them in ministry. Help me to come alongside them and love them and, and do all those things that, that um, for them that I want people to do for me. And, uh, and that only happens when I place my confidence in the Lord. You know, Psalm 16, uh, verse 8, I think, let me read this. Uh, verse 8, yeah, Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I shall not be shaken. And and if you're easily shaken, it's probably because you are waiting for uh, favor from people. You are waiting for your circumstances to be favorable. You want your feelings to be just right. And uh, the only favor that we need in our life is the favor of the Lord. And when we uh, take our eyes off of this horizontal plane of who's doing what. And, 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 you know, again, today I talk so much about my own ministry struggles. But for you, it might be your marriage. It might be um, your kids. You, 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 you know, your Facebook friends, their kids are better at football, they're better at piano, they're better at acting, they're better at dating, they've got grandkids that are healthier, and, and, and that envy, and that, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not covet, and I, um, I am guilty of the sin when it pertains to my passions, and I am constantly asking the Lord God, God purify me of that, and what, and, and what I found is, Satan, even though he has no control over me, he knows my weaknesses, and he wants me to doubt God and his goodness and he wants to get me off track so that I'm constantly being thrown things in my life where I'm where I'm, I'm, I'm my eyes are wanting to look sideways and I have to remind myself that what Satan wants to use to destroy me God will use to transform me and I want him to have the victory and listen he already has the victory Jesus is risen from the dead so that we do not have to fear man we do not have to trust man we can love our brothers and sisters in Christ and we can only do it when we take our eyes off of the sideways who's doing what I don't you know we don't we gotta get in a place where we don't need people but we can love them freely and so as long as you look sideways you will always remain insecure but if you remind yourself that you are who God says you are and that you can do what every detail that he has planned and purpose for you to do, that no one can stand in your way, no one can add to God's plans for your life, and that you can rest secure. So that's what I want for you today. That is what I want for me. I am growing and learning these things. I have by no means attained. And uh, 
and uh, you don't need to email me and and tell me that you like me. I, I I'll survive it. In fact, I more than will survive it. I uh, I believe that God has given us the spirit of overcoming and of conquering. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So I pray that we will live in that victory. It is ours in Christ Jesus. Let us love one another and let us spur one another to love and good works and uh, be praying for one another. Pray for me as I pray for you. If you want to email me, use Lena at livingwithpower.org and. Um, I'll see you again next week. So have a great week.